0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Wanda Williams Internet Cafe. I'm so glad you joined me today. I have some marvelous guests to talk to, and we're going to talk about women issues. This show is about women. Men are happy to join in. You can also give us a call at three one nine. Oh, I'm sorry. At uh, Nine two nine four seven seven three seven nine three. Give us a call if you want to join in the conversation. I want to introduce uh, my guest. I have Miss Brister.
1: Ms. Brister, are you you? Are you
0: here with me? Hi, how are you? Are, with now, you. say your, your African name because it's beautiful. Ms. Nabulunji. Oh, I like Nabulunji. that, but they call you Keisha, right? Yes. <laughs> they you Keisha? yes. They call you Keisha? Yes. They call you Keisha? Yes, Brister. Okay. Yes. And I also have a star on from 9 to 5 of Wisconsin, and we're going to explain a little bit about that, too. But I'm going to start with Keisha.
2: Um, tell
0: me a little bit about yourself and what you do in our community.
2: Well, my name is uh, Keisha Brister. What I do in the community, um, I am a basically a reentry advocate. Um, I created an a organization called Infallible Helping Hands, and what we do is help women uh re-acclimate back into society once they're released from prison. We also go into the prisons, and we do pre-release planning um, with them to get them prepared to be released from um, prison and how to be acclimated back into pr- pr- um, from prison. We would just have had them to have a smooth transition, so I do that. I'm also a minister, and so we minister to the women as well. And you know I do credit repair and some other things um, just to make sure the uh, we also work with the human trafficking piece. Well, I have a friend from Healing Starts Today, and um, we just mm-hmm. help try to make women to be whole. And um, we do that from uh, every on every day. Once they're released from prison, we work with them as well. So that's what generally what we do. You have a
0: fascinating job uh, working with the women when they come out of prison because that must be tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you you go to the prison and you talk to them? How do you connect with the women?
2: Well, usually um, I was once incarcerated at one point in time in my life, and so what I do is the women reach out to me, the prisoners reach out to me, um, just to uh, because I'm a living testimony as, as to show them that they can be successful. It is a um, a job. It's more—it's more like a lifestyle. It's just something that um, when I was incarcerated, I saw how the women were treated and, and missed the mistreating of women, and so I decided to start the organization. So um, it's fun. We do work inside the prisons, but a lot of the work is done. Um, we we write to them, we get them um, the pre-release plan set up for them, and we then we do the work outside to get them um, all but ready. I was also- but once they come
0: home, go ahead. Okay. No, 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 I was also fascinated that we had a conversation about the way women are treated uh, differently than men in prison. Now, I'm going to have mm-hmm. you on the show by yourself to, to go further into that, but name some ways or talk about some ways that women are treated differently in prison than, than the men are.
2: Well, um, the women are a lot of times um, they are mistreated. Um, so for the most part, um, like when you get to minimum security, um, the women, I was incarcerated, my brother was incarcerated, so a prime example of that, of that is he was in there for a shorter period of time, but he was able to come home with $10,000 to $15,000. I came home with $500. I was there six and a half years. So that's one of the ways wow. it's hard for women to come home with, with funds and to even prepare you to get back into the into society. You know, to have a running chance is very difficult, and also women um, are mistreated. You know, um, if you, one one thing was my brother was incarcerated and I was incarcerated, but when I came home from prison, and while in prison, you are unable to touch another inmate. Um, Say another woman lost her father or her mother, she's crying or something like that, you want to console them, hold their hand, rub their back. That's considered a sexual activity, so they will put you in segregation. And uh, segregate you from the population. Men, on the other hand, they can hug and hold hands, you know, to say, brother, give them dap, give another brother dap, and things like that. But women cannot do that at all. So that was shocking to uh-huh. me for, to me to see. And you know, even if wow. you just lose someone, you just treat it badly.
0: Wow, that's 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 unusual because I never heard that. I thought everybody was treated the same. Uh, in prison, uh, the women. I thought the women would be treated better um, than uh, the men would be because we have a lot of uh, personal needs. I mean, women do get pregnant. There's some women Mm -hmm. that are incarcerated and they're pregnant. And, you know, we have issues, you know, that we we
2: get sick. You
0: know, sometimes we don't feel Mm -hmm. good.
2: How is that handled in prison? Well, generally, um, sometimes women get pregnant while they're in prison. So when I was there, some women would get pregnant while in prison. So you know, it's just now. How did that happen? The officers, well, the officers are messing around with the the, the women. <laughs> I mean, you're in a vulnerable situation while you're there. And I know several women. I know when I was in the hole in, uh, I believe, 2002, there was a woman, a young woman, who were she was um, pregnant, and they were trying to. Um, make her like having a have a miscar <clears throat> have a miscarriage, but that was before oh, yeah. they put in the rule that if you mess around with an inmate, that you will be charged. Before, you would just go to another prison, or you just keep working there. Now they they say, as of I believe two thousand and three, um, that law had changed that if you mess with an inmate, then you will be incarcerated. So, you know, a lot of that happens, and a lot of times women are, um, you know, women don't. Stick together in the prison system, and men are more—they stick together, and they—they're um, uh, more likely to uh, be an uprising for the men, and from the women, they there aren't. So they—they they take advantage of that, and they—they, they, you know, we—they're wow. mistreated, you know. So.
0: Well, I'm glad that that's your what is the name of the organization?
2: It's called Infallible Helping Hands. A second okay. chance okay. in the okay. right hand. that's one, what it's called
0: you're going to be back mm-hmm. and we're going to do a whole hour talking about um uh, women women being incarcerated and the things mm-hmm. that they go through and their experiences are much different than what the men go through and we're going to talk mm-hmm. about that in great length and I'm sure there's some women that can identify with that um Absolutely. a star is here from her, her organization and that's 9 to 5 a star good afternoon how you doing
3: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, so tell me a little bit about your organization and what you do. It's a woman's organization,
3: and what do you do? Yeah, and so um, just really taking what uh, the previous guest just highlighted, I think um, in a nutshell, uh, women are pushing against roles, pretty stereotypical and defined roles, whether it's in the prison system, whether it's in the workplace. Um, and roles that are relegating them to pretty much caregiving um, responsibilities, and it doesn't allow for um, a full comprehensive lens of all the work and, and responsibilities that women hold in their families and in their communities. And so 9 to 5 is an advocacy organization. We've been around in Milwaukee for 34 years. We'll be going our 35th year next year. Um, And we're a national organization that's been around, yeah, for 40-plus years um, and came out of uh, the progress that was made in the 70s where women were accessing the workforce and drove women and and people of color. And in that particular time, um, for those who were around will know that there were a lot of uh, forms of discrimination and backlash Um, I think the workplace is one of the few places um, that has forced integration. Um, We have a history in this nation of being isolated and segregated, but our workforce is one of the few places that we have to come together to get certain things done. And because a lot of folks are in silos, they weren't able to work out um, some of the racial dynamics and we're seeing a lot of sexual harassment and discrimination in those times. And so a group of clerical workers out of Boston came together and wanted to change those dynamics and make it that um, women weren't discriminated against, obviously, but also to share information amongst women around different laws that were happening um, so that uh, these women were informed in their workplace. Um, and that's really the, the origins of 9 to 5 in a lot of the work that we do. We still train women on knowing your rights in the workplace, on current laws and state and federal legislation um, that uh, help or hurt us. Um, in this past mm-hmm. budget this year, um, the governor, for an example, made an amendment that would make it that if you felt any discrimination on your workplace, you would even if you won that lawsuit, um, you would have to pay the attorney fees of the organization that had the violation and um and that really uh, is, is detrimental to our communities and our ability to be able to make uh, workplaces non-discriminatory. And that's really an mm-hmm, example mm-hmm. of the kind of work and the kinds of things that we do. We hold the line to make sure that our workplaces are diverse, and then we train women specifically and families, communities on ways that they can be more powerful in these workspaces. Um, on a state you know level, on a federal-
0: yeah, I, I, it
3: must be a little bit of a delay.
0: I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I I I I got an issue with if a woman does say, okay, I'm being sexually harassed, and the thing is, prove it. Now, it then it would come down to, and I also want uh, Keisha to come in on this one because this is a, a woman's issue, and we're gonna get to the topic in a in a couple minutes. Um, it's your word against his, and usually, who loses that battle? The woman. Um, if she doesn't have him on tape, uh, somebody else hasn't been harassed, um, they usually do the harassment in secret, you know, come into my office, I want you to take some shorthand, I guess that's a simple thing, and then they, you know, start up, and, and then you feel like um, you're harassed, and he says something inappropriate, and then it's like, well, it's up to you to prove it. How do that? And the best thing... The balls to do it is okay, she's making trouble, get rid of her and fire her. What right. can she do?
3: So there are um there is legislation that if you are experiencing any of those examples and you are fired, that is a that's that's a that's a violation, that's a case. Um and so Uh, And and it's true. The the burden of proof is on that individual to show, but, you know, that's one of the things that we highlight in our training often is that you need to document occurrences and um, so share. Share with those around you. Um, If you look at uh, our, you know, current state of affairs, even with uh, alleged sexual advancements in this past election, the fact that individuals share that with people makes that credibility of that claim even more true. And so, um, yeah, we, we, we go into the specifics and, and specific examples in our trainings, but it just highlights why we have to uh, document those occurrences. Don't um, explain it away to yourself. Don't think it's something mm-hmm. that you did. Um, don't internalize but we it. But um, You have we to take to do. To blame us. Right. I have a new caller
0: on. Is is there a new caller?
1: Hello. Yes,
0: there is.
1: Hello. Oh. Go ahead. How you doing, Lynette Afraid. Good. How
0: you doing? Go How ahead. I'm doing
1: this? well. Uh, what what is the topic about first? Is it still about topic, what you're talking we're gonna about? Topic.
0: going to you. are to You're gonna, you're, gonna, you're lucky because you're gonna lead us in to the topic. The Topic today is. Uh, why do women have to pay men's support uh, after
1: divorce? Well, I think it's <laughs> like this. If a person is um, in a household, they have children, any one of them that makes the most money should pay. I mean, it's equal. He has to pay if she pays. So, you know, both of them should have to pay, I think.
0: What's happening lately is that in a lot of cases, and 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 we're not male bashing, and is you you're entitled to your opinion, and there's no wrong answers here. What's happening to a lot of women is is that uh, women are making a, maybe more than the, than the gentleman is, or the husband, or the boyfriend, or whatever, and they get to the point where they say, hey, you make enough money to support the whole household. Um, um, I don't have to work. I can just you know be free, and you know you work every day, and and bring home the paycheck. Uh, yeah. Before you get married, he's working, and then he stops working because she's making the money, and he has his freedom to yeah. do what he wants
1: to do. So
0: what, what do you say yeah. to that?
1: Uh, what I say to it is like this. Now, both of them working, then he quit working. I'm, I'm right. just saying this is what I would do. Okay, if he don't get up and try to do anything, I, I would have to get out of that relationship. But what I'm saying and is I'm I'm member, mm-hmm. and I I make I make the I'm the breadwinner. And it's okay. supposed to be depth to your heart.
3: Right. So you should
1: pay. Okay, but if in the, the same scenario if he makes the most money he should pay. Because you can't say okay, okay uh, he's gonna pay but she's not gonna pay and she got more money. So you, you won't equal, you know, if you're in a relationship, there's supposed to be two people in that party. Okay. So somebody, just, how do you, you feel know, about somebody.
2: That? Well, I think um, it's it situ- I really think it's situational. Um, I do believe that if um you have, like she mentioned about having kids, if kids are involved and the person's taking care of kids and this and that and you don't get your kids or whatever, I understand that. But I don't understand to just take care. If you quit your job and um, I'm supposed to, if you're trying to do something, I'm, that's understandable. you have to trying to start a business or, you know, you're doing something, you're contributing in some way. But if you feel that you're just going, well, I just quit my job and I can just live off my wife or my girlfriend and this and that, I don't agree
1: that. Um, I, don't agree. I, don't agree. I don't agree with that. Like I say, I would sure. get rid of him because I don't, need myself, I don't allow it in my house. I need right. a man to stand beside me. If he can't contribute to the relationship, why is he here? Yeah, and that's know, a, I, that
2: weighs I, on the relationship as well.
1: Right. I wouldn't want a man to stop working. And Wait a minute, now, we got to go. <laughs> right, right he got to go, but then
0: you have to go through the divorce proceedings, and then the judge decides, right. well, you have to keep him in the manner which he's used to living in, doing nothing, and then she has to pay the alimony. Know. And now it's happening a lot it. to stock, regular people. It's happening more and more to women. And i like,
1: he's hey, so he could his job we got married. This is what I'm saying. I would never marry the man that, you know, that at yeah, first you have to get to know a man real good before you go and marry him. Okay. You, people change. And, uh, remember I, the I, remember
0: the imposter. We the people are on their good behavior before you marry him. Sometimes come on now. We husband, don't know who. changes change.
1: "Oh, he he changed. He changed on me." I can't say that about my husband. My husband was good, but I'm just saying I'm glad <laughs> in my life I've never had any children. But I wish and I you had. Are so lucky. But I'm so lucky. You, A star, you know, what but, do you
0: think? Go ahead, Astar. Star. Star.
3: Um, I think. Uh, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. So I, I think, I think a large part of what we're discussing is individuals' uh, ability to to work hard and have motivation, and I do think that those are things that you should be finding out within the dating process. I do think That's that people about. don't date long enough you know, to ascertain how people's worst ethic are. <laughs> Uh, but, but I also think that we are in a place in society where there's a shift, an actual cultural shift, and we're seeing those dynamics play out yeah. in forces right. and, and breakdowns in relationships. Mm-hmm. And so um, women are accessing the workforce and are making more money than in previous times, and that in and of itself, it it automatically changes the discussion about the roles between men and women if men traditionally were the breadwinners and women did not make any money, and and the courts were very much set up on that idea. And so uh, the courts came in because oftentimes women had no source of income, and so they set up this idea of alimony and a family court to work that out. Again, now we're having a cultural shift that's informing the, the rule proceedings of law. And um, – and yeah, mm-hmm. I so whether it's right or wrong, I think that that's subjective, but at the end of the day, we want to take care of families and take care of children, and children are the ones who are put in the most vulnerable position of everyone, and I don't think, I think, you know, both men and women, two, two partners make the child, so it should be the responsibility of both partners to take care of that child, um, and mm-hmm. the... And it should be a percentage of how much you make. And if women are making more money, then it's going to be on women more. Um, Now, you know, how that breaks down in terms of relationships and dynamics with your partner, um, I think we all need to do a better job of who we are choosing to marry and make sure that they have the values that you value. Um, right, but, but that's kind of uh, that's
0: kind of hard. After you, Miriam, I'm gonna throw this one out there to everybody, and I'm gonna let everybody answer this question one at a time. Do you think that things are changing because in the households now there's a lot of single mothers, and some are, they're not a lot of men around, and men are getting used to women taking care of them because their mothers are taking care of them you think that has to like, do with uh, culture yeah. <laughs> yeah. a culture change? A lot of I'm men now... Caller, they can't call be. in. What you think of that? Because, and because it's like men now want or the women to take care of them. All, you know, buy me this. I've had men say, can you buy me these Nikes? And I'm like, how much they cost? $200? I'm
3: like, are you out of your... Mind? I don't have no $200 no. Oh,
0: shoes. Oh, 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 oh. Now <laughs> do you think that has to do with... The fact that women have been taking care of their sons and, and, and the mothers have been doing it. I'm going to ask my caller, what do you think of that?
1: Well, I think uh, uh, I, I'm not taking care of no man. I feel like uh, he, he should be grown enough to take care of himself. But right now, you are, I hate to leave this conversation, but I have an emergency right here.
0: Okay, go right ahead. You Thank really? you for contributing. We really appreciate it.
1: Tisha, yeah, what you. do you
0: think? Do you think... I, I, good, goodbye. You have a uh, wonderful day, okay? Keisha. Hi, yes. What I do you do think? think? Because of the, so many single mothers are taking care of their sons.
2: Um, I think that that plays a factor. That has a, I mean, that plays a role in in the mentality of um some some men or um young adults. You know, they think that. You know, they probably think that. Okay, since you know, this, this is what they're accustomed to. Um, and they don't have a lot of men around to uh, who's who's raising them and teach them something different. I think that if you give them a chance and teach them, if someone would teach them, it would turn it around. But I do think that plays a huge factor. I mean, we do. Um, kids do will usually do what they're accustomed to, and they do what their parents teach, teach them. I have three children, and, you know, I can see a lot of traits in from me and their, their father. But this is what we're instilling in them. So this instilled in them to hey, my mom takes care of me and that's that's what it is. So I think that has a, a huge it is a huge part contributing factor to how um, some men are. Yes. What do you think of Star?
3: Um, so I wanna push back on that just a little. I, I think that okay, um uh, that that single single household uh you know, you you you're only you only have a certain number of access. You know, you're, it's only one individual, and so that is what's there. But I do think it has to do with a priority. And um, I my father was raised by a single mother, but her priority was that he was around his uncles. So there was mm-hmm. another example to reinforce some oldest back on single. Individuals, whether male or female, and accepting the different teaching styles of that opposite partner. So, you know, generally, they, uh, you know, women have a a more communal teaching style, but I've also Mm -hmm. found that we're not open to um, that opposite, that male teaching style that may be different, but there are lessons Mm -hmm. that are just as necessary and just as powerful. And often, what I find is that there's a preference of one over another when we need it. We need it all. We need it all together. And um, you know, I'm I'm gonna inject something else. we also traditionally, black families, have been in limbo. We, I feel like our, our black families have had the most security in the past 50 years than we've ever seen in our history. But some way we were still able to have defined roles between men and women. So I don't know if it's just single parenthood as being the problem. I think it's the the goals that we've set in our community as what we're teaching. So I, I, what I've seen is a shift in, you know, money being things that are highlighted versus other um, lessons as maybe education or critical thinking or analysis. And so if mm-hmm. your goal is money, you're going to be teaching a different thing, um, and the way you get about to that goal is going to be different as well. So I think, I think that we have there are different things that are highlighted, and that's forcing a different teaching structure, if that makes sense.
0: I'm going to interject, I'm going to interject this right here. I think now because for our African-American males, mothers tend to try to keep them closer to them, because they're afraid of the violence, or they go out and it's something may horrible happen to them. They may not make it back home. And a lot of the women are, some of the mothers, not all, are keeping their sons very, very close to them and trying to protect them and not letting them um, be men. In some ways, that we call them mama boys, and um, that they're very. I, They'll do anything for their mother. Their mother comes first in relationships. I don't know if anybody has ever dated a man like that. Unfortunately, I have dated a few. Why I get these kind of men, don't ask me. But um, their mother, they'll tell you, my mother comes first. My mother comes first, and my mother needs something to get the, the call, and then they get up and run and do what's for their mother. And their mothers keep them very, very close to them, uh, out of fear, out of, out of need. Uh, what do you think of that?
3: Hello? Yes? So I think I think the biggest part of transformation of redefining roles is gonna happen within women. I think women are the we ourselves are the perpetuators of a lot of these things that we wanna change. Um, And I think one example of that is even how we allow our children not to interact and have healthy friend relationships with other men or women. If we're only defining women as being mothers or wives, like as a sexual object or a reproductive object, how is there Mm -hmm. any other room for dialogue for something else? Or how is that man in in this teaching environment learning to esteem women in a different form other than a mother or as a reproductive, you know, subject. Now,
0: Keisha Um, Keisha has two two sons. You have two sons, Keisha. Yes. And and you have a husband. So that's fabulous. How are you raising your sons?
2: Well, we raise them, me and my husband raise them together. So we raise them in conjunction with each other. We talk, you know, and um, my husband is very, instrumental on teaching my 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 son how to treat other others his his little friends his you know his attitude his how he he's brought up how he how he treats his sister um how he treats his mother so first hes we start with me of course, and I teach him you know my mean husband is like okay make sure you open the door for mama make sure you go get mama's bags make sure you there, listen to mama. Don't, like, even when he talks to my daughter, sometimes he, you know, over-talks her and he says, tells her, don't do don't over-talk. That's how how you teach. I mean, that's not how you do your sister. You, you know, treat women with respect, treat women. You know, so my husband is very intr- instrumental in that, and I reinforce him. like, you know, that's not how you treat a lady. That's not how you treat somebody, or one of your friends. And if he gets angry or upset, you know, at school or whatnot, you know, we teach him. You know, you don't handle everything with your fist. No, you handle everything. You you speak. You talk Talk things out. You know, so we have a, a different, I'm not saying a different way, but we have a, a way, but both parties, like she, um, uh, the other guest said, both parties are important and instrumental in raising. We need the mother. We need the father. And to, to raise, To we're trying to raise healthy children, and that's our goal. But we have to be very, um, you know, a lot of things go on in the world that they come home from school and tell tells us, and that is something that we have to work against. It's like sometimes it's like fighting an uphill battle, but you know, we both have to play a strong role in how we raise our children.
0: Yes, I'm gonna um, uh, reiterate. This is Wanda Williams um, Internet Cafe, and the show is say a lot. I'm a woman, and, I, and I'm proud and we deal with uh, women issues of all kinds. And the number to call if you want to get in on the conversation is 929-477-3793. I'm going to give you that number again. It's 929-477-3793. You know, I think that, uh, some people call me a workaholic, and a lot of women will work two, three different jobs, and I do that. I do two, three different things because I saw my mother work so hard, but then my my brothers, I don't think they saw a man in the household working hard, and uh, they do work hard. They work, but I think a male needs to see a man working in that household to have these values of a woman's not going to take care of me. I don't care if we get a divorce. You know, some people would say, look, you keep everything. I'm out of here. A lot of men, some men will say that. Look, you keep it. I'm out of here. I guess all I want to do is just get out of this situation. And there's no fighting, no fighting amongst them. Uh, some men uh, target women uh, that make more money, and then they sit back and they don't work. And then when it doesn't work out, if they do get married, they want to be paid off in order to get rid of them, and it's happening a lot to stars again and and to average women. I think it needs to be taught. You should be ashamed of yourself if you just sit at home and your wife is working. And some men will go out and brag about it. My wife's at work, and I got the car." You know, I'm I'm gonna be gone. All you know, I'm gonna do this, that, and other. Just taking it easy. To me, in this society, there's not enough shame. It's like being proud that your woman is out doing all the work and you're not doing nothing, and she's buying me A, B, and C, and she's literally taking care of me. What has happened to the shame in our society, um, Keisha?
2: I'm gonna ask you, then I'm gonna go to a stop. Keisha, where is there shame? Well, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I think, um, really, I'm not sure that, like you said, there was no right or wrong answers, but I just think that um it's what we see it's what we have become accustomed to it's what we see on t v it's what we see It's like when i when I grew up um things were different you know you different raising children we were it was different you know the music, the entertainment business, the music the kids listen to or the younger people listen to um uh, perpetuate this this these facade that it's okay to treat women like that it's okay to you know have somebody taking care of you. Rather than you know, when I was growing up, we saw the Huxtables and we saw you know um, the husband and the household and and things of that nature. But the things that we see on TV now, um, like the Basketball wise or or um, whatever, all the shows are, are negative. You know, yes, it's great that a woman takes care of herself and you know, because I'm the same way. I'm, I'm I have several businesses and, and things of that nature, but. So you know it wears on you if you're doing everything it becomes wearing it comes becomes tiring, you know. But I think it's the images, it's not the images, it's what you know. Some of these people are uh, people are young kids having babies, having babies, and and things of that nature. But I just think that a lot of times a lot it has to do with what we see on TV, what what we're shown, and yeah, I think it has that plays a huge role in, in what's going on in society today. <clears throat>
0: I just I just wonder why has it changed? I mean, why why the roles are changing, and it's okay. Yes. You know, I you know, it's the, the roles are changing. And for example, if back in the day, and I probably was back in your day, we gonna say our ages. We ain't gonna put ourselves out there like that. Um, when uh, you got pregnant, just um, mm-hmm. not going off the subject. It was shame. Like, this is something that you mm-hmm. just look. You hid it. You don't want to tell nobody, you know. You, you, this was like the worst thing that could ever happen to you. Now, in a way that what I see, it's okay because stars are doing it. They're having children out of wedlock, and they're they and and now a lot of women are having children, you know, out of wedlock, and that's, and that's not wrong. What's ever right for you, because you know it is hard to find a good man, but you may want to be a mother. To, but being in your teens is not a, the greatest ideal. I can't figure out why things are changing, you know, that, it's, that that's okay to be really young and have a lot of children, but that man is not around in that household. You know, where did he go? He's got to be somewhere. Where You know, I, I never see him. He's gone. And we have to change that. Or how do you think we can start to change that? that mentality that I have a child but I don't have a father and I'm doing this and I'm really suffering and I really I am just really having a rough time, what do I do? And, and then maybe another one will come along. And then a lot of women go into poverty because of that. What do you what do you think of that, uh, Asar?
3: So I'm gonna be probably coming in with a more millennial perspective, but I, I think we should all challenge ourselves just generally in society, to resist the urge to rely on um, whether it's religious indicators for, like, our general society, because not everyone's a Christian, um, and our our policies should not be so narrow that if you're not a Christian, there's no place for you. And to, to even the narrative of having sex out of wedlock is very much a Christian moral standing, and um, – and that is a personal choice. That is my choice. I have made that my choice, but I think that it is unfair to have it that everyone in society has to adhere to that. And so no, for me. This,
0: I'm going I'm to put this out here before you start. It's not having sex out of wedlock. It's protecting yourself that you don't get pregnant, love yourself enough if that's
3: not what you want. You, you and, and so that's what I would, you. that's what I'm, Mm-hmm. That's what I'm offering more into, and that's where I look for our society to move more toward. Is that whatever your personal choice, that you're able to be supported in that? You know, we are a lot of fights against like reproductive justice, having access to birth control is very much that yes. same Christian moral undertow that oh, you're not supposed to do this because you know the Bible says this, but. Um, at the end of the day, my ability uh, to have children is very much tied to my access to birth control. And, you know, you're putting judgment on the fact that folks are having so many kids, but yet we don't have access, uh, free access to reliable uh, and the safest contraceptives. Um, And then it's only those who have a ton of money to make those choices free of judgment. I want a society where those judgment pieces are taken away and that if I want to be a single mother and have children what? myself and experience motherhood separate from a yes. partner, that that is available to me. If I choose yes. to have children, um, if I choose not to have children, that all of those choices are acknowledged and are supported. And we are right now, and I think that's really a lot of the, the conflicts that we're seeing is because um, traditionally our policies were made very specifically from the Bible um and that was what our society was was generally about. Exactly. And actually and you, our society is you. so diverse. Yes, yeah, yeah, and it is so diverse that we're we're just not there. And so how are we making a more a more diverse and inclusive society that allows for everyone to be themselves? Yes.
0: And I, I don't know the cuts with uh planned parenthood and um uh, making that information accessible, and I'm going to ask both of you, uh, fabulous women, because you are really in the community and you really are helping women, do do those issues ever come up, Keisha, like um, uh, um, Planned Parenthood or where do I go because I want to protect myself? Has that come up in your organization, Keisha?
2: No, that hasn't come up in in my organization. Um, I mean, a lot of the women are – Either they have children, well, the majority of the women we serve have children, and that is not even a discussion, because unless they're, uh, no, that hasn't even come up, because we don't, you know, if, nine out of ten, they have children, and if they didn't have children, they're just living their life. we don't even, you know, we don't even have to address that, we don't even touch that, because it's really, like she said, it's, it's, it's up to the woman, it's up to their choice. now. Mm-hmm. If they have children, we just try to find resources and things of that nature, and give them beds and clothes and things of that nature. But as far as um, you know, we all we all you know people all do. Everybody do what you know. A lot of people do what they want to do, and so we don't we yeah, don't they, touch exactly. that at all. It, yeah, you know, I mean, because, because people speak. are grown, you know, they're gonna do what they want to do anyway.
0: And so, um, mainly, we're speaking not, of teenagers, young teenagers too. Um, Oh. that are, um, you know, pregnancy rate and that type of thing too. But uh, we were talking earlier, we were saying that there are some women that are incarcerated that are pregnant. Oh, yeah. And
2: that must be yeah, very, so very difficult. Pregnant. Yeah, some women yeah, it become, it become um, pregnant. While incarcerated. Yes. Wow. And what happens with some, that now, um, like in the early 2000s, 1998, 99, 2000, what, what, what happened is that woman would be sent to another prison and that officer will be either sent to another prison or they continue working. It wasn't something that they would get in trouble. In 2003, we changed the law. Um, there was a girl, when I was in the hole in segregation, there was a woman who was pregnant. She had a mental health. Some, she was in um, one of the buildings where they served individuals who have a, a mental health issues and things of that nature who were struggling. And she became pregnant by an officer because of that. Wow. The the uh, institution was like trying to give her like the morning after pill and things of that nature, forcing her to take it. Yeah. And we made a stand was like, you know, if she wants, that's her baby. She wants to keep her baby, leave her alone. She do not have to take whatever you're trying to give her. And so, because of that, during that time, they changed the laws that if you mess with an inmate or have, of course, sexual activities with an inmate, you are to be um, um, sentenced. You know, you'll be charged and all those things. However, um, there are still cases that happen today, you know, um, that, that's not the case. Uh, I remember, I recall uh, maybe two years ago, there was a woman who was incarcerated, and one of the therapists at Cheetah. Um, had touched you know if touched her inappropriately and things of that nature was giving her things, and she told told me so I went and um, told the secretary of the Department of Corrections at that time, and he said he 's going to do an investigation. then he never called me back because by this time she was released. when I called him back, he was saying, Oh, they handled the situation which this person that that therapist was walked off uh, of to the grounds, but he was well, not sentenced for anything because he said it was he say she say. But it doesn't matter because the right, law is exactly. if somebody sins, then they are supposed to do take action, and they they failed to do that. So you know it's just yeah, uh, you know women are very extremely vulnerable, and they are taking advantage up in you know the institution, and so that was the mm-hmm. prime reason why I started um, infallible, and that you know because it was it's, it's difficult you know you're down talking they uh, degrade you, and at that time they were degrading uh, the women and mm-hmm. a, a whole lot of stuff. And you, you didn't come out feeling like, "Hey, I can take on the world." You came out saying, "I don't know what to do." I feel worse than I,
0: than when I went
2: in. So, so getting back to
0: the to the, our main topic here, and we're gonna get back. We're gonna come mm-hmm. up with some solutions, and because you women have fantastic uh, organizations and. Uh, I'm sure that you don't really deal with this issue, but what would you tell women um, not to get into this situation or of, um, of having to support a man? Because that's a big issue in all the communities that it ends up that way. And uh, I had a, a friend that her boy, he was walking and he wasn't, and he had a Uh, He had to have um, marijuana every day. So when she came home from work or when she got paid, she was living with him. Then she married him, that he wouldn't work because he was marijuana. He was doing marijuana. And so when she came home, she would always have to give her paycheck to him so he could buy his marijuana. And, you know, marijuana now is stronger than it's ever been, so he would need it every day. So every day he would be asking her for money for marijuana, so women have been in these situations. What can we do to to stop this? Or what, what? are some red flags? Because we don't know until we. Sometimes we don't want to see the red flags. We're in love. I love him. He's the best thing that's ever happened to me. I'm I'm going to marry him. I, although you see signs that he's not working. What can we do, uh, a star, to say I'm? I see these red flags. He doesn't. He, he doesn't want to work. What, what do you do when you, if you're in that situation? What would you do? What would be your opinion of what to do?
3: Um, as a dating woman, this is a question um, that I'm often asking and recalibrating for myself and how I want to show up in dating spaces. And I think that it's important in general to just um, hold a, a line of, um, a line that, that you a realistic line that you want that partner to meet and um and if you are the kind of individual who has a little bit more spending capability just set an internal barometer that you're not going to pay for 100 percent of the meals um and to hold that line and I think that that's a smaller way to show how folks show up and the things that um The things that are important to you will also reflect and be important to them. And so um, being clear about uh, not taking on everything and allowing that partner to really be a partner, um, I think that that's one suggestion. I think another thing that um, has not been as popular but is always an option, especially if you're getting married, is a prenup. Um, If you feel at any point that your assets are at risk um, and that you want to make it clear that – you know, if anything goes down, that it is yours and that, you know, what you're, what you're coming into and what those lines are, need to be, that is always an option. Um, and I think, lastly, I think I, I'm going to interject something here.
0: Sorry, I'm going to say something. Some people get very, very offended, man or woman, when they hear the mm-hmm. word prenup because they Ooh. feel like you're already thinking this is not going to work out. You already got it in your head that that, we're going to get a divorce. Some people just Mm -hmm. freak out when they hear the word prenup. Um, Mm -hmm. They don't want to sign it. You don't love me like you said you did. Um, uh, Mm -hmm. You don't trust me. The, the the, The trust word comes in there. And then that starts another conversation, a whole can of words. You really don't love me. You don't trust me. I would never take all your money. I would never do this. And that word never comes in, and then women just say, oh, you're right. Okay, I'll go ahead. I do love you. We, we're, we're nurturers. Well, okay. you know." But a man will say, look, you, you sign this and we ain't getting get married. And a lot of times the women will sign it. For us, we just like, oh, we want to marry this guy. We love him so much, and I don't want to anger him, and I don't want to mess up my, my special day. I got my dress figured out, and I got all it. That it happens. That happens when that word prenup. and I think a woman should have a prenup. If you have more assets than you do, sorry, you should do that. And if he doesn't want to do it, I'm sorry, you're gonna to have to move on. But And that goes back what, what to my first then? point.
3: Of holding the line, you know, of holding your own um worth and, and and your own standard, uh, and holding that. And and you know, uh, The thing is, men have standards, they just don't have to share that they have standards. They just go about living their lives, dating, and then they make their choice, and that's it. But believe me, they still have standards, and they're holding that standard very closely, and if you don't meet that bar, you just don't make it. You didn't make the team. Um, You could try out next year, but you just don't make the team. And so, um, you know, as women are becoming more bosses and and literal mm-hmm. and and the the urban vernacular, we're gonna have to take mm-hmm. on that boss mentality of holding that standard of what you what you want. And at the end of the day, it's not about that day, right? It, I'm not getting married just to have a beautiful day and my beautiful wedding. I'm, I'm getting married to, married to fulfill a vision. I, I, and and that's again what we all have to ascertain within ourselves. You need to have that gut check of why is, it is you're getting married from the beginning. But if it's for a future mm-hmm. goal, it's if it's for building wealth, building a family, building community, then you have to hold these lines, or I'm not going to get what I want, and ultimately I'm not going to be fulfilled. So um, yeah, have a standard and hold to that.
0: Yeah, Keisha is in a different situation. He's you know. I'm happy for you. I love you. You married. You know, what yeah. is your view? Your view be totally years. different because I know me and the star are single. You know, we proud. <laughs> We're single. That's okay. But, uh, Keisha, <laughs> you married now. I, I got to know your view on this because I don't know if you guys, before you got married, look, uh, Keisha, I need you to sign this document here saying that you're not going to take all my money. You know, so how allowed. do you feel about that? Uh-huh. If, if
2: he would have asked me for, if he would have asked me for a prenup, I would have, I probably would have laughed, but I wouldn't have had any problem because um, I was already, you know, about to grad, about to graduate from college, even though, and, and things of that nature. So I wouldn't have had a problem with it. But um, I think you need to know who you are dating, who you try, to, who you're about to marry. You need to really take time out to get to know that person. You know, ask questions. Ask questions. What do they think about this? You know, really take time. And a lot of times, we just so in we become so in love with someone, uh, and the person that they're showing us. We really don't we don't pay attention to the signs, or we don't pay attention. Period. You know, because I'm love struck. Oh, and and a lot of times we we women are fixers. We like to fix stuff in, in regards to oh you'll see something, but you can change it. We like to change you. Right. you well know, I can change that. I've seen, I've experienced that. Oh, I can change that. And this, but being married, I've been married. nine this year will be my tenth year being married, and I'm still oh, congratulations. young. Congratulations! <laughs> it's beautiful, it's beautiful. We just had another baby, so we had. We we just we've been that together almost ten years. We had, He's good. He's uh he's pretty big. He's about uh three months, three and a half months. And uh, are you serious? Twelve months, twelve month closer. Yeah, yeah, he's a pretty big baby wonderful. But, but we, we've we had Of course we've had our ups and downs But you know, you have to be able to weather the storm And um, there have been Times where, you know, I have had To support my husband And he's, there are times when he had to support us, Me, and there are times But you know, it's a, a Fair, it's a fair deal Fair exchange is not a robbery You know, plus we're married for better or worse So, um Right. It doesn't bother and me And that's to a marriage, and,
0: and, and, and it, it, that's a marriage. But when you right. are with somebody who just is not so much supporting you uh, monetarily, if they are there mm-hmm. to support you psychologically, emotionally, mm-hmm. it, 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 right. maybe he don't work. Maybe he did have an accident. Maybe he did get sick. Mm-hmm. You know, but he's still yeah. there for you emotionally. But we're talking mm-hmm. about uh, a lot of times the men detach and not only detach from working, but detach mm-hmm. emotionally and detach from you totally. And also when the women, the woman is making more money and she's coming in and she's working hard, that the men sometimes, not all men, are not, and so I don't want to get that they're bashing all men because there's some great men out there. And I know your husband yes, is it. one of them. He's mm-hmm. one of them. So, we're not talking right. about all men, but they just totally just shut down, and they're so resentful because their wives is bringing in the money, but so they don't enjoy the ride. So we're not—I don't think yeah, that's, we, that's all silly. of us talk about what money, money, money. It's not money, money, money. Can you be there to support me uh, uh, emotionally? Can you be there? Can you be there right. when times are good and times are bad? We it's not just the money. I think a woman would. Um, be with a poor man, as long as he was there for her. And we do it all the time. You know, we're not look, all of us aren't looking that's for a, a millionaire, and we're not going to get him. We just want an <laughs> emotional relationship. Well, uh, go ahead. was who, whoever's trying to get in? Shut me off. Go ahead. That, that's okay. I'd be there all day talking about that. Who was, who was talking? to was the
2: party. It was. Paying, you know, you have to also, also understand it's just not men and women. It's women and men, women and men and men. So it's partners mm-hmm. as well. It's just you want somebody who's going to be there for you, um, mentally, physically, you know, even right. financially if they come to that. But if you're you're there for me um, emotionally and I need a shoulder to cry on, if you're there for me and you know, a lot of partner partners are that at that way. If they have a partner that hey, you're you're going to go all out for this relationship, yeah, they're they're excited, they're happy. But if you if they're supporting you financially, you're not there for me mentally, physically, or emotionally. Then no, I don't want. You.
0: Exactly, and that's where that's when the conflict comes in. It's just some people think it's just the money, you know. But then it, it becomes money when the divorce comes. You know, I haven't been working. I got to get back on my feet, so I need her to give me such and such money. She's been making all the money all these years. But I wonder, if the judge ever ask, well, why didn't you work? Is there something wrong with you physically? Um, and he said, say, I just couldn't find a job, so I need her to support me um, now for um, uh, 10 years. Or if she's got a 401K, I want half of that 401K because we've been in a marriage for 10 years, you know, and you haven't really contributed anything. So I think that's what women are getting upset about. Um, he didn't do nothing. I was out, you know, doing it A, B, and C and trying to make it for both of us, and he just wasn't with me on that point. What did you think of that, of star?
3: So, uh, you know, I welcome uh, male partners to join in caregiving responsibilities, um, and I hope that they are just as open, too. I don't think um, – and, and in that example that you were explaining, um, you know, if that gentleman was home taking care of the kids, uh, that would be a different – that's another level of support. And actually, that's a financial cost that's being um, undergirded by your service. Um, You know, I I just think – I think we have to be really individually clear about our goals, Um, and if my goal is to have a family – that part of that assessment and part of uh, my planning needs to be who's going to take care of the children. Child care costs are really expensive um, oh yeah, and so I, I think that I think that in terms of this relationship, if it's not a partnership in that one person has the responsibility of thinking of everything and the other person does not have any responsibilities. I think that individual who has all the responsibilities needs to ascertain what their needs are, because oftentimes we're attracted to what we're feeling like we're needing, and if you're only putting a priority in one aspect, when really your needs are more comprehensive, that's something you have to take into account. I think, I think mm-hmm. folks, I think really the problem is is that people are dating not knowing what they want they are marrying, not knowing what they want, um, really, like, you know, and and not just a a certain dollar amount, but the the kind of life you want to live, the kind of environment you want to raise your children, private versus public Mm -hmm. school, like, those are all, like, real specific um, ideas of living that have real specific dollar amounts. (laughs) <laughs> and, now, we're um, running out of time, we're
0: t- right out of time. Uh, 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 star. and I don't mean to cut you off. I just want, want everybody to know that you two are coming on individually to talk about your um, businesses and, and your organizations, and uh, I want to start with Keisha and kind of wrap it up about what you do and uh, give them a little what we're going to be talking about when you come back and t- the name of your organization and what you do, and uh, you'll be back, and I want to thank you so so much, so much, because you are fascinating. Just We got, we got like,
2: two minutes left. Go ahead, uh, Keisha, and tell about well, your uh, organization when you're going to be back. And how they can contact okay, uh, you, too. Okay, you can contact me at Um, info org, um I-N-F-A dot O-R-G and my email is uh, Keisha at infoorg dot, I'm sorry, infoorg. <laughs> and um, I'm at 5215 North Ironwood World in Glendale, Wisconsin, and um, we're Infallible Helping Hands. We help women, uh, former offenders, reacclimate back into society. So I will be back. Okay.
0: You will, because we got we got a lot to talk about. And and I got less. I got a I got a minute and twenty eight. Uh, a Tell me about you going to be back, and we're going to talk about your organization. Tell us about it. Get how they
3: can contact you, and all that good stuff. Go right ahead, huh? So 9to5 is located in the 3rd Ward, 207 East Buffalo Street, um, and our website is the number 9to, the number 5.org, 9 to org. Um, and we are a training facility. We train women leaders to know their rights in the workplace. We train them on organizing skills and how to talk to your elected official in Madison and the city council and in D.C., so, uh, definitely connect if you want to grow your leadership um, and advocacy and uh, public speaking and the like. Okay, and you're going to be back. And they just told me
0: I had a, uh, 30 seconds. I want to thank my two fantastic guests, Keisha and Astar. You're wonderful women. We're proud to have you in the community of Milwaukee. This is Milwaukee, okay? But they will, they reach out because. Uh, A STARS uh, organization is all over the country, and you definitely Mm -hmm. want to talk to uh, Keisha. She is fabulous. Again, this is Wanda Williams, Internet Cafe. Say it loud. I'm a woman, and I am proud. I'm proud. Next Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Thank you, and have a wonderful day. Love you
2: You too. Thank you.
0: Okay, now we're off. Great show, ladies. Thank you. Absolutely. You ladies
1: are great
0: awesome. Show. Oh, thank it you. It was a great show. Oh, and we will get a it. chance to hear it because I'm getting ready to publish it and put it out there so everybody can hear who didn't hear it. So oh, I wow. need to get the uh, I need to get the correct spelling of your name, Astar, and your last name and your organization. Hello? I know it's nine to five. So what is your name? Uh, is A-T-A-R your last name? Astar?
2: Oh, I think she might have hung up.
0: Oh, Keisha, you still here. I got your name. Spell Keisha. Okay.
2: S H A
0: And that's Mr.
2: And the name of your organization? Infallible. I-N-S-A-L-L-I-B-L-E. Helping
0: Hands. I, I want to make sure it's right. I mm-hmm. F-, F is in F- French. What? F is in French. Oh, uh-huh. F uh-huh.
2: I-N-F- yeah. I N F A L L I B
0: L E. I want you to email me all the information and how they can contact you. Sure. My email, <laughs> right? I going to get it because this one is like mm-hmm. my email address. Okay, is, well, you now. got my email address.
3: Your
2: email. Oh, okay. You
0: email me? Uh-huh.
3: I, your email? Well, I
0: emailed your, your husband emailed me um, your picture. Was that your email, too?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can shoot, you can shoot it to him. You know, I'll get
1: it.
0: Okay, I'll shoot it to him, and we'll talk because I have to set you up for your whole show by yourself, and we've got a lot to talk about. Okay. All right. That's going to be a cool right. show. Well, thank you
2: for having me. All right, girl. You, yeah, it is. You did All good. Right. I, you you have a wonderful thank day, you. okay? You, you too. Welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you. hmm